Today in Security from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. What Spammers Could Do With Your Hacked Facebook Data by Lily Hay Newman When Facebook announced at the end of September that it had suffered a data breach that ultimately affected 30 million accounts, it seemed, perhaps, like the work of sophisticated nation-state hackers. But a new report from the Wall Street Journal suggests spammers as the culprit instead. That shouldn't make you feel that much better, though, given just how much damage criminals can do with the kind of information stolen from Facebook. It was, after all, a lot. The sophisticated daisy-chain attack that the hackers pulled off garnered the names, phone numbers, and email of 15 million Facebook users. 14 million more had their username, date of birth, gender, devices they used Facebook on, and language settings compromised at the very least. Hackers could also have gleaned relationship status, religion, hometown, current city, work, and education information, depending on how fully victims had filled out their profile, along with the 10 most recent locations they checked into or were tagged in and their 15 most recent Facebook searches. You can go online to Wired.com to find out if you were affected and how badly. All of this becomes particularly dangerous in the hands of spammers. Having accurate, detailed data and a large amount of data makes spamming campaigns more profitable, says Jerome Segura, lead malware intelligence analyst at the network defense firm Malwarebytes. And this Facebook data is very unique. It has a lot of value because it's from people supplying the information genuinely and saying, I checked in at this hotel, or here are some of my interests. It's a priceless database trove for marketers. For now, Facebook won't weigh in publicly on who was behind the attack. Guy Rosen, the social network's vice president of product management, said repeatedly in a call with reporters last week that, The FBI is actively investigating and have asked us not to discuss who may be behind this attack. The company reiterated this to Wired on Friday. The possibility that scammers were behind the theft, though, highlights the ways in which centralized data repositories like email accounts and social media profiles are potential goldmines for, and frequent targets of, fishers, spammers, and shady marketers. 
Granular data helps spammers craft maximally convincing emails, SMS messages, and calls. The data not only helps improve the general verisimilitude of broad spam campaigns, but also makes it easier to specifically tailor scams to individuals. For example, in one popular scam, an email threatens to release compromising photos of you and uses information like your old passwords and your phone number to make it seem like the attacker really does have dirt. The more credible they seem, the more likely you are to pay them off. If you were compromised in the Facebook hack, they now also potentially know where you live, where you've worked, and where you've been. Attackers can use that sort of detailed information in all sorts of other ways as well. Segura points out that a trove like the one stolen from Facebook would be valuable for launching massive malvertising campaigns that try to entice web users to click on malicious ads, since it contains so many indicators of a person's background and preferences. And having such granular data about people would enrich all sorts of phishing attacks and so-called business email compromise scams in which attackers try to gain access to email accounts within a business to gain credibility and then influence malicious activity like payments to the attacker. You're a lot more likely to think an email is really from your boss if she's referencing your upcoming birthday and the work trip you went on to Cleveland in the fall. Fishers and BEC scammers could also use details from the breach to send convincing messages externally, posing as a company's client, for example, or a disgruntled customer. And then there's a the matter of stolen identities. Facebook is the new stolen credit card in terms of the data and value it provides criminals, says Tom Kelly, CEO of the identity protection company ID Experts. Many people do not realize the effect the recent Facebook breach has had on their risk for identity theft or know how to protect themselves. This is one of the most complicated impacts of the Facebook breach. While the stolen data could fuel online scam campaigns for years, consumers have little recourse against malicious advertising and persuasive phishing and spam attacks. As always, monitoring financial and social media accounts for suspicious activity, avoiding messages that suddenly create a sense of urgency to act on something, and staying suspicious of links and unexpected communications are all ways to avoid scams. But when fraudsters are armed with accurate and extensive data, their attempts become that much harder to dodge. And some of the ammunition they now have will last a lifetime. The type of data, unfortunately, in the case of Facebook, is not something you can change easily. It's not like a credit card breach where you can apply for a new card or change accounts, Malwarebytes Segura says. Your personal information your name and what you do, your preferences, and all of that tends to remain pretty static over the years. So unfortunately, once the data is out there, it becomes a threat. Facebook has also said that it will not provide free identity theft protection to breach victims, a common offering in the wake of a massive data exposure. The Facebook breach will continue to have an impact long-term. And if the data is in the hands of scammers, it could evolve through multiple phases of use. The attackers who took the data may monetize it themselves for months or years while they wait for law enforcement to move on from the incident. Later, it may emerge on criminal marketplaces to take on a whole second life. And from there, it would circulate and be repurposed in all different scams for years. 
Though unanswered questions remain about the Facebook incident, the 30 million users who had some data pilfered from their profiles, and particularly the 14 million who lost granular, deeply personal data, are now exposed to a whole new degree. And if spammers really were behind the hack, the sophistication and brazenness of the Facebook attack indicates a troubling escalation. This should serve to highlight the point that even spammers are employing new and increasingly advanced attack methods, says Jake Williams, a former NSA analyst and founder of the security firm Rendition Infosec. They have to get better to survive. The gap between nation-state and nuisance spammer is definitely shrinking. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.